because Tennessee Titans suck, and I'm here enjoying uh, the last official weekend of summer. I'm at the country club, at the pool, and this place is usually pretty dead all summer this time, and of course there's like the two loudest kids in the world. They're having a great time. It's um, these hilarious kids playing football in the pool. Speaking of football in the pool, big fella, Landon joined me. Uh, we're going to make the best of this, but some pretty tough news to talk about if you're a Tennessee Titans fan. Uh, Harold Lindry, of course, tore his ACL Wednesday at practice, and he's going to be out for the season. Your first thought. We'll start with you, John. I'm devastated. I don't – you know, we've talked for a while since news broke. I don't, I don't, I don't personally think we have his replacement on the roster. Um, we've got some developmental guys for sure, but nobody that can, that can come in right away and replace 12 sacks um, at arguably the second most important position on the team. So I think we've got a lot of work to do. I think there are guys out there to be had, to be brought in. Um, I think we have to get creative with, with how we attack this. And, um, you know, I, I, I'd like – this is where I want J-Rob to prove his worth, and he usually does. Um, but I think we just got our, our work cut out for us. Landon, if you're good at this kind of thing, rank the players and where Landry is on – how devastating it is for them to be out for the year a week before the season starts. Um, what are the players above Landry and where does Landry fit number wise? I think that gives our listeners like a good idea of like how bad this hurts. I'd say Bayard and Simmons are, and maybe Fulton are the only guys on defense I would say would hurt more than offense. Obviously Tannehill, Lawan. Henry, Burks, Ben Jones. So on defense, he's probably third. Overall, he's probably eighth or ninth. That's underselling just how valuable he is because he might not be those singular towns like Bayard is the best safety in the NFL. Simmons is a top five defensive tackle. Landry isn't that, but he never comes off the field. And having that ability to have an above average player at a position where you normally rotate three to four guys is just so valuable. And especially going into this year because it was going to be Landry is going to be one of the edges. Then Dupree and Weave are going to be rotating in. We finally have that pass rushing depth that we've never had before. And then on just some random Wednesday after a quiet preseason across the league, he's the first big name to go out for the year. So I think this, um, this for me, makes me more worried about January football than it does like our regular season win total. Um, and just because every good team – Every team that wins the Super Bowl, goes to the Super Bowl, that doesn't have, like, an elite, elite quarterback, they have a pretty deep and relentless pass rush. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard for us to imagine, even if Weaver has 10 or 11 sacks this year, like, who's going to replace Weaver? And I think that's kind of John's point. Uh, Landon, how do we try – I don't know if J-Rob has really any options, maybe just luck. Like, how do we try to, like, free agency, a trade, hoping and praying one of these uh, UFAs has five or six – um, Sacks, like, where, where do we, what are our plays here, if anything? I think the only play is David Anini, Ania from preseason. He had a couple big games. He went to our practice squad. I feel like he'll definitely be called up pretty soon, at least for game time and be that extra depth, that pass rusher. Because we talked about this before the show. You look around the league at teams. No one wants to trade their pass rushers, even if it's depth no. guys. Like the Eagles, Derek Barnett is probably their sixth or seventh defensive lineman. 
they're not going to trade him, even though he's an expiring contract. Because you, when you can rotate guys, when, like you said, it's the most valuable ingredient to building a winning team if you don't have a top five quarterback in the NFL. Just, yeah, like, somebody gets hurt team. on that defensive line, they trade him. They're going to – Roseman yeah. is going to look like a total idiot. Uh, even if we give a fourth, which would be pretty rich, a fourth versus having – a solid, dependable, average defensive lineman as your backup is just too valuable. So I don't think there's really any pass rushers out there that we could get. I mean, maybe the Bears, if they want to keep tearing it down, Robert Quinn, but then it's impossible for us to make the money work. And if the Bears are taking on a lot of money, that means we have to cough up an even more valuable pick. So it's just creating a lot of issues because if we trade for a big guy like that, Landry is guaranteed next year because of his contract. We cut Dupree. We'd be down a day to pick, and we'd pretty much be exactly where we started this season. It's just so frustrating because Landry was the guy that you could always depend on. Landry never got hurt. It's like it's telling that for three years now he's played like ninety-five percent of the snaps over and over, and he's never even had an injury designation. I don't think. And now he just tears his ACL and just feels so devastating. Like I, just, it just felt numb. Like I saw it. I I sent the tweet to our group chat. I just kind of like collapsed in my chair. Just all the breath got sucked out of me. It was super deflating. We never know, and one guy doesn't make a Super Bowl, but it was super deflating. I feel pretty optimistic about things, but like I said, the pass rush is so important, and uh, the guy was not like an all-pro, but he was, like you said, highly dependable, and he was just out there as much as anybody in the league. Oh, man, it really, really, really stinks. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about our 53-man roster. Um, since we've talked, that's all been finalized. When um, rookie running undrafted running back um, Chestnut, the, the guy from um, Sacred Heart, even though they still had a football team, um, I thought when they left him on the roster, he was sort of like maybe they were putting a pin in him and they were going to look for a veteran guy. I didn't see him, but it looks like he is going to be our third running back, John. Uh, did you think – I know you mentioned a lot of names. Are you surprised we didn't – he wasn't kind of a stand-in for a guy that was cut or we were going to trade for a guy that was going to get cut? Yeah, I'm super surprised he made it. I mean, I thought we would have found somebody else out there. <clears throat> you know, earlier we talked about um, we talked about people like Philip Lindsay, uh, Marlon Mack, and uh, honestly, I thought, you know, even Jordan Wilkins was more of an upgrade than Julius Chestnut, but clearly they see something that we potentially don't see. Um, but I thought his name was surprising. He's like that primed um, practice squad guy. Uh, so I, I, I was very surprised to see him kind of hang on. Um, Landon, think... what was the... Go ahead. Landon, what was the biggest surprise for you as far as who's on this roster in a few days later, what shuffling didn't happen? Our... our defensive back room because we just added so many guys to trades right. and whatnot. So it ended up Ugo Amadi, who we traded for from the Eagles. He's from Tennessee. He made it at cornerback. Trey Avery, who was an undrafted free agent, made it. And then Lonnie Johnson, who we picked up off weight, who we picked up in free agency because the Chiefs cut him after they traded for him and he's been really bad. He made it and it looks like he's going to be in contention for that third safety job. So it's surprising in a nice way that three guys that no one had on their radar as being good, like Lonnie Johnson has been really bad. Amadi got traded a couple times for a reason. Trey Avery went undrafted. Just seeing those names makes me feel kind of encouraged because we saw last year, like, Greg Maven got cut, and I know he had a bad 
offseason this year, but Greg Maven was pretty dependable last year when we called on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John, were you surprised Theo Jackson got cut? And do you guys know about how close you are to having like a final practice squad? Um, I guess I wasn't too surprised about Theo Jackson getting cut. Um, I mean, he didn't have an incredible offseason, and um, I mean, he he's on our he's on our practice squad right now. Um, so I think practice. I think he's he was always going to be a prime candidate for practice squad. Um, I mean, we have a pretty deep like Landon was just talking about. We have a pre, pretty deep defensive backfield, and he would just be kind of you know a luxury to keep on the on the roster at this point. So I guess I'm not super surprised. Um, some guys that I am kind of interested to see on the practice squad, obviously we've all known or followed Josh Gordon in some manner for, you know, since he was what a 15 yard, 1500 yard receiver in Cleveland, um, and then fell off because of all of the, the drug issues and all that kind of stuff. And he's been fighting his way back, but he lands on our practice squad. We've got Des Fitzpatrick on the practice squad. Yeah, keep going with the rest of that list. Let us uh, let us know who's on that practice squad. Looks yeah. like you have it right in front of you. And and I want to, of course, get Landis' take on Josh Gordon. That, to me, that's just a developmental veteran guy at this point. I, I don't have any expectation of him. But go ahead, John. No, I, yeah, I think like you always talk about, he's a scratch-off. Like, he, he's not going to cost us a bunch of money. And what, if he if he somehow finds the fountain of youth, he can be, a, you know, a top-flight wide receiver. I don't know if those days are still available, but – you know, experience is, uh, is worth it. Um, but rounding out practice squad, we've got da- David Anony, like uh, Landon was saying earlier. We've got Trent Cannon. We've got uh, Fitzpatrick, Josh Gordon, Chris Jackson, Chris Jackson, who's been with the team for a while, three years at a Marshall. Um, Theo Jackson, Joe Jones, Mason Kinsey. Um, we've got Laurel Murchison, which I was impressed to yeah. see him on the practice squad because he was, I believe, a third-round pick. Fourth round, pick? fifth round, fifth, fifth, fifth round two years ago, and he must not have popped on tape because, I, being the position that he plays, I figured somebody would have claimed him. Yeah, I think he's honestly a little small, but no, yeah, he is definitely small. Uh, he's he's listed as six two two ninety seven, um, so I think to be successful at the defense interior defensive line, you got to be a little bit bigger, um, but not to say you can't do it. Um, rounding out the rest of the practice squad, we got Xavier Newman, we've got Thomas Odakoya, we got Sam Okeinanu, Jaden Peavy, Kevin Rader, Jordan Ruse, Andrew Rupchich, and Logan Woodside. So, you know, some of the usual sp- suspects, but some people that, uh, you know, are interesting additions on there and developmental players. Yeah. Once that's good, we all expect to see him. But there is something to say for a guy who really knows the playbook and knows the personnel to be running all the scout team stuff. I mean, there's value in it for sure. For sure. Although no one thinks Woodside's ever going to take a meaningful NFL no. snap. It doesn't mean he can't be a meaningful part of a team for sure. Um, I was interested um, – Landon, do you want to give your take on – I'm really, really hoping that Josh Gordon is active. Even – I guess week one would be – a bit of a stretch with how recently he signed with us. But surely Josh Gordon with like a week of practice can bring more to the table than Cody Hollister. I don't get why Hollister still sticks around. And now that McMath went on IR for at least four games, it's not the season ending. We really just don't have like big explosiveness on the outside other than Burks, who's a complete unknown. And Hollister is just like 
he's big and that's it. But he, like when we had to play him last year, whenever we went to him, it was like, oh yeah, he's a big receiver that knows how to use his size. So it's like, if Josh Gordon can't beat out Cody Hollister pretty soon, he's just washed. I mean, he yeah. got cut, so he's probably washed anyway. But I'd like to believe that he can at least just be something. Yeah, I think that was my first comment. Like, if Josh Gordon can't beat out Cody Hollister, there's a bigger problem. And this guy is then a waste. Let's talk about Derrick Henry. Uh, I'm going to hold the news here. Um, a day ago, we find out that he restructured his deal. He's going to get a bigger signing bonus up front, a $2 million raise this year. But it doesn't add any years to his current deal, which will expire at the end of next season. Uh, Landon, we've seen repeatedly where um, they make a move and we know, we think, oh, well, they're going to make a trade or they're going to sign a guy because why else would they do that? And then they really don't do anything. They just do it for flexibility in the season. Do you see anything coming from this or do they just proactively do this? I think it's just treating a veteran uh, locker room leader, the your best player, just treating them right, especially because I'm sure – both sides would like him to stay, stick around for his whole career. But we all know how running back contracts and careers get handled nowadays. Like you said, he expires next year, or his money can be cut for no dead cap next year. So just doing him right. And they did it before Wednesday, so before Landry tore his ACL, so it wasn't moving money around to get room for a pass rusher. So it's just, just a little house cleaning and treating your locker room right. I think the plan with with Henry is to fully give him an extension after this season as well Um, because I think he'll earn that, and I think Henry is going to be one of those guys that plays for us and only us, at least I hope so. Um, So I think, you know, because if he he has another 2,000 – if he has a 2,000-yard season this year, he's going to get extended. Well, yep. yeah, but the idea of him having – go ahead, Lane. I bet you can answer this well. But, I mean, even if that's true, that that's a tall order. Yeah, 2,000 yards, even with the extra game. I mean, I want to believe that he's all good to go. But the offensive line, just so many questions. Just The offense has so many questions. I mean, I wouldn't doubt him because it hasn't gotten too much worse than how it was last year, except obviously we lost A.J. Brown. But I just – even though – we are the Titans, and especially Vrabel, are guilty of old school football mentality of how the game used to be played, not keeping up with the analytics of the modern game. I feel like J Rock for sure understands that you don't pay running backs a ton of money. Really, technically, you shouldn't pay them a ton of money ever, but especially not a third contract after they've had a big injury, they've had a massive workload. Just because, I mean, I would like to see him extend it, and it's for a smaller number because he's going to make as much as he's ever made at this point. No one's going to give him what he already got. So I, I would love to see him only be in two-tone blue. But just, I'm just – I don't know because paying running backs, we've seen it over and over, especially older guys, it just blows up in your face. And I would like emotionally to do that for Henry. But I don't want us – especially when – if we move on from Hill next year – we have some more money. I don't want that going to Henry when he could easily fall off a cliff and then we're wasting what could be a couple cheap years of Willis on a rookie deal. For Henry, and even though he's great, 
I mean, he's going to be, what, 30 next year? Other than Adrian Peterson, like, no running back has been a superstar that old recently. It seems to me, guys, that if they were going to give him – if they wanted him to have extra years, they would have put it on this contract. They gave him $8 million now instead of later, and they added $2 million. This is probably behind the scenes. Him and his agent wanted something. It never came to the press, and this was like a compromise on both sides. I feel like they're never going to say this. The front office and the coaching staff, they want to try to win a championship this year or next year. You notice – Nobody's getting long-term money except really young cornerstone players. Every, everything that's guaranteed to our current guys like Henry, Tannehill, it's this year and next year. They're going to try to win it. Then they're going to tear it down, start over, rebuild, whatever. This year, next year, all bets off. But you can tell that they preserve flexibility beyond that. John, am I totally off base there? No, definitely not. And I think, you know, when we've got – you know, the the quarterback position to look at within the next two years, it's obviously what they have to do. And, my, you know, to your point, like, they're not going to give Henry a massive deal if he's not going to be the best running back in the league. I, I don't I, I don't know if that happens. I mean, he'd have to, like, fall off the face of the earth this year and next year in order to not get extended. I, I think I, I don't think we're going to ever give him another deal that breaks the bank unless maybe he goes for 2000 this year, 2000 next year, which would be unheard of. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously we have to go in preservation mode with our current roster because we need to compete every single year, if not for a Super Bowl, at least for the AFC South. And I think the plan, you know, our, our window is probably never more open than it was last year at the beginning of the season. Right. No, and it's true. I think there are definitely some pieces we have to replace that we weren't counting on. Nobody was counting on not having AJ Brown. Um, you know, we were planning on having Julio Jones and I think those moves were supposed to get us over the hump and they didn't. So it's kind of reevaluating and, you know, J Rob's a smart guy and he's going to be in that position for a very long time because of that. So I think to your point, we've got to take advantage of the players and the deals that we're currently you know, involved with and be smart about the future. I just, you know, like for how long Darrell Casey was on this team and like we've talked about him at length in, in over the last couple of years, I just, you know, I don't, I like Landon said, I don't want to see Derrick Henry in any, any Jersey other than a Titan one. I want you guys to understand this. We Derrick Henry has been a 2000 rusher. He's been even beyond that, a 1500 yard rusher. He's been, I mean, incredible. Really, though, I fully expect him this year. He doesn't have to be that for us to be good. Yes, we have limited offensive weapons, but if he's 90 yards a game, one touchdown, everything we're going to be a playoff team. I fully expect him, and I know people that bet on running backs at a certain age, he is a unique kind of person. If people want to judge him based on 2,000 yards, look, he needs to get in the end zone every game. He needs to be something to deal with in the fourth quarter. I fully, fully expect him for the next two years at least to be that guy. Um, and so I, I think that's the plan. I mean, they'll figure that out after that. He is a guy I would expect to age pretty well by running back standards. But we haven't seen an elite modern running back play for one team, and he won't. Well, He'll eventually go play for somebody else. But it's not on the radar right now. And I think we're being, uh, we're being written off because a lot of running backs don't recover well from injury. 
but I think he's going to recover well from injury. I think he's going to yeah. have 1,300 yards, and I think he's going to have 14 touchdowns. And I fully expect us to win 11 or 12 games. I don't care what anybody else says. Well, now, if we keep losing, guys, that's going to be a different story. And if our offensive line tanks, it's going to be a different story. And if Downing did not spend all winter figuring out how to be an offensive coordinator, it's going to be trouble. But other than that, I mean, I, I, am I wrong? I'm usually not the optimistic, the optimistic guy when it comes to running backs. But I, I just think the way the guy prepares and physically what he is, all he has to do is be a top three power running back. And he's going to play – I fully expect him to be that. Yeah, no, I agree. And honestly, one thing I kept thinking of while we were talking is if he had come into that Cincinnati game and blew the doors off and went for 240 and two touchdowns or whatever, I'm sure this extension would have done been done a while ago, a couple months ago. And, you know, it would have been a long-term deal, not just a, a, a money grab for him or an add-on of $2 million, um, because – you know, he needs to prove it. But the fact of the matter is he came back in the Cincy game, probably wasn't recovered where he needed to be. And he didn't have an amazing game. And I don't, I just think based on principle, you can't give him that, ex- that big term extension deal after coming off injury without any type of proof. Yeah. We all know what kind of player and pro Derrick Henry is. We know he, he works in the sand pit at practice more than anybody probably in the league ever has. Um, and there's no doubt about it. I just don't think they were able to give him a long-term extension without some tangible proof on the field. And I think had he had that in the Cincinnati game, I think it would have been a different story. And maybe it would have freed us up elsewhere. Or maybe, you know, I don't know. It could have done whatever. But, um, yeah. But I guess I, what I'm saying, John, yeah. is it's not here nor there. Because right. nobody in that front office cares no. about after this year or next year with Henry. I don't even think Henry does. You're going to try to win a championship. I don't know that at this point, you know, like, what does it matter? I mean, like, and then you make a really good point about we've blown the doors off yeah, since the game. But looking back on it, Landon, we should have just went with Foreman in that game because soft tissue injuries do not work that way, even for Derrick Henry, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can just look at the box score and you can tell Foreman was amazing. Henry was not. I mean, if you looked – if you're watching the game live, especially in person, you can just tell Foreman was running differently. And it wasn't that he'd suddenly become a suddenly better running back than he had been in the regular season. It was just he was hot. We should have rode the hot hand. And we did. I mean, he had, what, like seven carries, which is inexcusable. Yeah. Yep. But, John, your point's well made. But I really think this is a rare time where Tannehill, Henry, the coaching staff, the front office – Nobody on this team cares about anything but this season and next season. Usually, the problem is the team's looking forward and the players looking back. I don't think we're going to have a lot of holds out, holdouts or weird things. I think everybody's happy with their thing. I really think everyone senses inside that organization. Because Tannehill's like, okay, so I play this year, next year. I got replaced. I, I get They're going to trade me to a team I want to go to. I'm, he's going to keep playing. Mm-hmm. And Henry thinks the same thing. I think the thing right now, the window, that's one thing, one reason why a team like this won 12 games last year. Everybody is most clearly, most clearly on the same page. And uh, I just think for me as a fan, usually I'm always thinking like five years from now. The window is now. The best part of the window was in January. I don't want to talk about that anymore. But right now, moving forward, it's nice to see. Even our star players, I don't think anybody, Nobody has any imagination or any plans for anything besides this season and next season. Starts next weekend. I can't wait. 
I every time I turn on the TV, literally every time, the Titans are going to regress. Blah 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 blah. blah. Um, I don't know if we'll win 12, 12 games again. I don't think we have to. But that Colts team is not top to bottom of the team we are. It really hurts to lose. Landon said at least probably our fifth or sixth most important player. You take the fifth best player at the second biggest most important position. You take them off everybody's team now. It's it's crippling. It's devastating. We'll see. Uh, besides that, guys, uh, here in Nashville on our team, around the league, since we talked a few days ago, what are the biggest sort of news and notes on your mind? We'll start with you, Landon. Uh, give me a sec. We'll start with you, John. Um, I think specifically with the Titans or across the league? Yeah, either way. Just like, um, what, what, what jumps out to you right now? Right now, I mean, I you know, maybe it's a homer status, but I cannot think of anything else but Harold Landry. Um, so I think we need to find a way to replace him, and I think there are some interesting options which we didn't get into too yeah, much. Let's about talk about that. that. I know JPP. Uh, yeah. Some of the guys, there's some guys out there. We've seen other teams add a guy late, and uh, I think our only hope is Weaver has ten sacks because Weaver looks the part. That's a tall ask. He is Landry, and somebody is Weaver, which is five or six sacks. Could we get that from JPP, or what What are the other names? Yeah, I th- I, some guys that I originally th- – I'm looking at a free agent list right now. We've got D. Ford, JPP, A.J. Klein, Tack McKinley, Mario Edwards, um, K.J. Wright. Uh, huh. Well. I mean, Everson Griffin, if you believe in that. Jamie Collins. Uh, Robert Kimdichie. Uh, I what's mean, our um, what, yeah. what's our cap number right now? Um, like, what, what what do we have to offer? I think it. I think we have total like six seven million. Well, that sounds about right. Not not a ton. Um, and did I did we gain cap space with the Henry? Yeah, bump. We probably gained so yeah. dollars. I would say, or quite a bit, because. When, when they basically gave him $8 million as a signing bonus, so I'm going to imagine a large percent of that we we gained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing like 7.5 right now for us. So D4 jumps out at me, but I don't, I don't know what his deal is. He's been injured a lot recently. Right, but, I mean, we're talking like <laughs> the season starts in a week. Uh, JPP, I'm kind of surprised he – has a lot shown, but he looks like he would do like a ring chasing type situation because he has been remarkably productive for his age and missing, you know, digits and everything. He's been pretty. You could see him being the third guy easily. Oh, for sure. Uh, there's always some flexibility they can get, but I would think for one of those guys, they'll have to get to a decent number. I, I would think they'll add somebody, but this team is remarkably internal. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. It just seems like there's got to be a, another guy added after all this. Yeah, have to. I mean, the undrafted free agent from Houston played well. He's good. He'll be right back on the active roster, and he'll be playing. And I'd like to see him in year three. I think he could be a Weaver type. But I don't know about right now. I don't know about no. months months from playing. Uh, you know, uh, in the AAC, I don't. I don't. I don't know if we're going to depend on him for you know to help us make a Super Bowl, but. Yeah. So it just seems like there's a there's a guy out there. Well, I mean, it's just you know, I kind of like when we signed Julio, 
last year. God, it seems like a thousand years ago. But how many people were hyped and jazzed over Julio and making that happen? Like, I don't know if signing somebody today or tomorrow makes that kind of an impact. But there has it to won't. be somebody. There's no. no. Yeah. There, there's got to be but somebody it's something. It's and something. I've seen, you know, Landon, you mentioned it earlier with Derek Barnett and Robert Quinn. I've seen those. I've seen Robert Quinn floated around as a potential as the Bears kind of tear everything down. Um, and he had 18 sacks last year, 18 and a half, I think. Um, so clearly he's a, he, he'd be a pretty decent fit. Um, I also I brought it up earlier uh, when we were texting about A.J. Epinesa from the Bills in that very crowded room. Um, I think there are guys to be had, but like Landon said earlier, like nobody's going to get rid of a pass rusher, which is the premier position, um, unless they have like 30 guys and that doesn't happen. So I think we're going to have to get creative. I think we're going to have to figure it out because we've seen it so many times. If you can't get after the quarterback, you cannot win the important games. Well, that's true. Um, And sometimes you – you know, there's nothing to be done. It's interesting in basketball and even baseball. At the beginning of the season, there are teams that are just tanking, and so everybody's for sale, right? But in football, every single year, at least one last place team makes the playoffs. So the Bears, right now, as we stand on Labor Day weekend, aren't thinking, "Yeah, we're just really interested in 2023 draft." No, because they can make the playoffs, so they're not going to sell Quinn. Until two months from now, right? I mean, so that's the thing is, like, you're not going to get anybody that matters from a trade because every single team right now has hope to make the playoffs. Right. Landon, what are the big uh, news inside and outside of Nashville for you right now? Russell Wilson getting paid pretty much top-of-the-line quarterback money. So now Denver has him for seven years. That'll be interesting to see because that last year, I think he'll be 40 and making $50 million a year. Wolf. <laughs> yeah, I think they extended 2016 Russell Wilson there. Obviously, the guy's very good, and, and he'll definitely play well this year. But you guys know he weirds me out personally. So, I, I don't know why they would do that. We were talking earlier about how we're just going to leave everything be, keep our flexibility. Why did, why did Denver feel like they had to do that? I just feel like they felt strapped with, you know, Drew Locke. Um, I mean, they took him in the second round. No, I'm talking about why did they extend Wilson? I don't know why they traded for him, but why? Oh, well, I why think, now? Yeah, I, I think they just – I think Wilson wanted it, and I think he was pushing for it. Um, and I, I don't know the terms of – I don't know exactly how the deal is structured, but I, I don't know. Elway isn't I – don't, I don't think Elway's all there. <laughs> Well, he's not there. He's gone. So, uh, this is a whole other group well, of people, exactly. right? My point exactly. <laughs> okay. Landon, why, why do you think they made that move now? I think just to lock him up because quarterback contracts are going to keep rising. And they obviously have to trust that he's going to be playing at a high level. And we've seen, like, with the Patrick Mahomes deal, even though Wilson isn't at that Mahomes level, Mahomes is no longer that just outrageous. He's making $45 million when the next closest guy is making 38 Like, there's four or five other guys making what he's making. There's going to be a couple more in the next couple of years. And so, it sucks, but you have to pay your good players pretty much top-line money, especially if they're a quarterback and especially if they're a guy like Russell Wilson. Like, he's not going to be, like, 
No, it's okay. I'll just get like forty million. It's cool. <laughs> so Lamar Jackson has a bigger influence on the Russell Wilson thing than anything else, right? Because this is the guy out here that's going to reset the market, and to just avoid that in two years, they just went ahead and, and ate that yeah. forty million. Okay, well that makes more sense to me. Otherwise, I, it just seemed unprovoked. Did well, I, I read that Lamar is trying to fight for a fully guaranteed contract? Yeah, and as far as I think guaranteed money, I think it's Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, and then Russell Wilson. Is that right, Land? That sounds right. I think Josh Allen might be ahead of Wilson. But it's, it's those top guys, and then I believe Mahomes is fifth. Hmm. It's so interesting how they all those contracts are interrelated. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes. It's a weird domino. Um, but it's like inverse, like it's just a, just such a weird thing. And I know all teams are just totally freaked out about what that number is going to be. Yeah, well, and here's going to come Justin Herbert just plodding along. <laughs> and Burrow. And Burrow. Burrow and Herberts aren't going to be complicated. They're going to be the highest paid guy when they sign their deal. And that's just how it's going to be. Yeah. Because both those guys in their representation will say, fine, we'll take the cat, we'll take the franchise number twice and we'll be free agents when we're 28. So they'll just whatever. Am I wrong, Landon? Whatever the number is, one hundred and ten percent of that number, whatever the latest biggest one signed. I mean, that those two are the easy ones. It's the Kyler Murrays and people undervalue Lamar Jackson. These are the ones that don't get signed. And Dak Prescott. I hate to say these are African American quarterbacks that people have mixed opinions on. They don't look at them quite right. These are the reason why the Herbert and the Burrows are going to be easy. Whatever the last one was. Plus ten percent, Landon. Am I wrong there? No, I I think it might not be quite plus ten percent, just because they'll be signing at the same time. But they'll both they'll be it's like the same thing when Josh Allen, his average contract money was like fifty point one to beat Rogers fifty flat. Right, like very minute stuff, just to be able to say I'm the highest paid quarterback. Blah blah blah. Sure. So yeah, take it and add whatever. But uh, Josh Allen, there was it was nothing protracted. Uh, the guys that are prototypical, it's not it's never a big deal. It's the think about who's who's on the market and who and who's questionable. It's guys who aren't a prototypical height, skill set, unfortunately color and all that stuff. Because think about who's who's had to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those two guys they look like they're printed from the quarterback catalog and. Um, they will – the teams will be smart, and the day there can be extended, they'll just extend them for whatever it takes. My opinion. And it will be an unbelievable number, believe me. Mm-hmm. Gus, we have anything else to cover? It's been a good one. No, I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. Well, it's a somber day, guys. Uh, we lost a really good player. We always talk about how the machinations of it, but this is a guy who had a serious injury. We hope Harold Landry has a speedy recovery. Uh, John, I know you've been an athlete. It's very difficult to emotionally and mentally. Oh. Everybody goes and plays. Up until two days ago, he was going to be in the fight of his life. He's going to do all this stuff. He's going to be with his brothers. And now he's going to be on a padded seat, working this thing out away from the team. Uh, we focus more on mental health lately, and I'm glad. So we're hoping and praying that he has a really good emotional time. I know he has a good support system with his family and a really good team, but, I mean, that can't be overlooked, and we just hope the best for him. We know he's a top-notch guy. So, uh, it, it is kind of weird to only look at it on paper, but thoughts and prayers to, to Harold Landry. 
Agreed. Well, guys, until the next one, we'll get back with you soon. Uh, it is going to be a very exciting season. I am very still very bullish on, on this Titans team. And until then, guys, tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.